Hello everyone, I'm Angela and you're listening to A Hollywood Tragedy. Tonight's episode is about Little Peep. Little Peep was born Gustav Elijah R. I think that's how you pronounced his last name anyway, R-A-H-R. I have a tendency to butcher people's names and places. Little Peep was born on November 1st, 1996 in Allentown, Pennsylvania. He was the second child of first grade teacher Liza Womack and Harvard history professor Carl Johan R. John Womack, an economist and historian of Latin American liberation movements, is Little Peep's maternal grandfather. Little Peep moved to Long Beach, New York on Long Island before his fifth birthday. He had one sibling, Carl Oscar R. His parents were both Harvard graduates. His mother's family is from Oklahoma and his father is Swedish. R's Swedish citizenship was granted to him through his father in accordance with Swedish law, which states that Swedish citizenship is granted automatically at birth to anyone with at least one Swedish parent. R's parents separated in 2012 when he was 15. He began experiencing anxiety around age 16 and according to his mother, he self-medicated with marijuana and Xanax. Little Peep had a close relationship with his mother, going so far as to tattoo her initials and birthday on his arm as his first tattoo at the age of 14. Following his parents' split, he moved with his mother and older brother to Long Beach, New York, where he would eventually record Little Peep Part 1, Phil's, Vertigo, Most of California Girls, Garden, In the Bedroom I Confess, Mall Music, Romeo's Regrets, and several tracks that were released as singles, including Star Shopping, one of my favorites. Little Peep attended Lindell Elementary School, located just across the street from his mother's apartment in Long Beach. Just a few days into Little Peep's kindergarten year, the September 11th attacks took place with smoke plumes clearly visible from his kindergarten classroom. In third grade, Little Peep was placed in Long Beach's gifted and talented program. Later in middle school, he was placed in accelerated classes. He played the trombone and tuba and expressed an interest in music and fashion from a young age. Little Peep attended Long Beach High School in Lido Beach, again, I may be pronouncing Lido wrong, 
which was directly impacted by Hurricane Sandy in 2002 and caused the school to close for a few weeks. When the school reopened, the faculty and administrators were more relaxed on the students. Leading Little Pete to enjoy his junior year of high school significantly more than the rest. When Little Peep returned to school the following year as a senior, there was a new administration that was unfamiliar with the student body and culture. An exhausted Little Peep was ready to drop out, but was assisted by a teacher named Maria Hartman to finish school. With the help of two other teachers whom Little Peep knew and trusted, Little Peep finished high school by completing his last two necessary courses, English and Social Studies. He graduated six months early in January 2014. Later that January, Little Peep was accepted into SUNY Old Westbury on Long Island, but declined to attend and instead enrolled as an out-of-state student at Glendale Community College in Pasadena, California. There, he was able to enroll in one class with a middle school friend, who ultimately dropped out. After his first semester at Glendale Community College, Little Peep decided to drop out and instead enrolled at Nassau Community College on Long Island. By the fall of 2015, Little Peep was taking four classes online, two business classes, one criminal justice class, and one art history class, in which he earned three A's and one B. During Little Peep's only full-time semester, at Nassau Community College, he made the dean's list. However, instead of enrolling in a second term, Little Peep decided to drop out and begin performing with Schema Posse. By the end of 2015, he had already completed a large body of work in his bedroom while attending school full-time. <clears throat> At the age of 18, Little Peep got his first face tattoo, a broken heart below his left eye, as a sign of commitment to avoiding a straight life. A tattoo on your face is going to stop you from getting a lot of jobs, he would later say. He returned to Los Angeles to pursue a career in music under the stage name Little, Little Peep. In February 2016, he moved to Los Angeles, he later explained, because living on Long Island depressed him. While Lil Peep was a teenager, he was self-described as a loner who made most of his friends online. Inspired by underground acts like by 
inspired by underground acts. Lil Peep made music while residing on Long Island. Sorry, I lost train of thought. Under the pseudonym Trap Goose and lived temporarily with childhood friend Brendan Brennan Savage until both decided to move to Los Angeles. <clears throat> in Los Angeles, Lil Peep initially lived in Skid Row and dipped in and out of homelessness, staying at Savage's apartment while Savage pursued a degree. The two eventually went separate ways, and Peep met Atlanta rapper and producer Jay Green. Florida rapper Ghost Maine and Houston rapper Craig Zinn, living with them while forming the collective Schema Posse. He originally met Craig Zinn online and was introduced to Jay Green, who needed a singer. Lil Peep also attended Glendale Community College during his first year in Los Angeles. In 2015, Lil Peep released his first extended play, Phil's. This was followed by his debut mixtape, Lil Peep, Part 1, which generated 4,000 plays in its first week. <clears throat> Shortly thereafter, he released a follow-up mixtape, Live Forever. Lil Peep began to grow in popularity in the fall of 2015, garnered by the popularity of such songs as Star Shopping, later released as a single posthumously, making waves in underground hip-hop circles. Lil Peep's popularity continued to rise after the release of the song Beamer Boy, which led to him performing live for the first time with the rest of Schema Posse in February 2016 in Tucson, Arizona. In April, Schema Posse broke up and Lil Peep was no longer associated with the collective, though they remained on good terms. Shortly after Schema Posse broke up, Peep began to associate with Los Angeles-based rap collective Goth Boy Click, featuring members of the group on his full-length mixtape Cry Baby. The group shared a squat in Skid Row with Peep and often shared beds. Crybaby was recorded over the span of one month and was completed hours before its original release on SoundCloud in June 2016. Peep completed a majority of the mixing and mastering himself. In August, First Access Entertainment partnered with Lil Peep on a joint venture to invest in and advise him on his career. In September 2016, Lil Peep released his fourth and final solo mixtape, Hellboy. Songs from Hellboy, such as Girls and OMFG, received millions of views and plays on SoundCloud and YouTube. Hellboy's success led to Peep's first solo tour across the United States and Europe in the spring of 2017, which included performances in Russia and the UK for the first time in his career. In May 2007, the band Mineral accused Peep of copyright infringement for including 
an unlicensed and uncredited sample of their song Love Letter Typewriter on his track, Hollywood Dreaming. Peep said that he was only trying to show some love with the sample. Soon after the tour was completed, Peep immigrated to London, England, during a disentanglement with goth boy Click. There he began to associate with figures such as Atlanta rapper, I think I'm saying this right, I love McKinnon, and longtime friend Bexy, and recorded Come Over When You Are Sober Part 1 and Come Over When You Are Sober Part 2. The EP Goth Angel Center and an unreleased collaborative project with I Love McKinnon, Peep released his debut studio album, Come Over When You Are Sober, Part 1. On August 15, 2015, shortly thereafter, he embarked on his second world tour, beginning in the UK in September and moving to Germany before finishing in the United States in November, which was, shut, which was cut short by his death. After his death, Lil Peep's fan base and popularity grew quickly, resulting in, an, in a significant increases in sales and streams of his music. Lil Peep has been into fashion since his teen years. Lil Peep had been in fashion since his teen years and during the last months of his life he modeled for I may be saying this wrong Vlani and was invited to a to and attended several fashion shows such as Balmain's men's show at Paris Fashion Week and Montclair Gamma Blue MFW men's spring summer show in Milan Nico Amarca of Hype Beast said, even though Peep's brand of trendy sits on a far more niche spectrum than most modern day tastemakers, something that largely, largely attributed to his success. In a time where genuine individuality is becoming increasingly obsolete, Peep was the tattoo covered, manic panic, huge mall rat, the creative world needed to disrupt its ever-growing homogeny. Rapper Playboy Cardi described Little Peep as a trendsetter. His style has been described as evoking fashion styles associated with emo and mall goth. He often wore items including graffiti jackets, colored fur, and pink clothes. He cited Fat Mike, Marcello Berlan and the Casualties as Style Influences. In a 2017 interview with GQ, he stated, I never dress the same way for a week. I'll dress like a whole other person the next week. I like to get weird and mix things. Not necessarily draw on the streets, but mix darker, dirtier cultures with high-class shit and kind of fuse them together and see how they become one. And I think... That already happens when I put on any really elegant piece of clothing because of the way I look. You expect me to dress like a fucking punk.
Little Peep was described as making lo-fi rap, being an emo trap heartthrob and an emo rapper. Music journalists often compared Lil Peep to singer, songwriter, and guitarist Kurt Cobain. All music described Lil Peep's music as a blend of hip-hop and rock influences, along with trap, punk, and dream pop. As a burgeoning artist, Lil Peep gained a significant amount of traction in the alternative hip-hop scene, establishing a better platform for himself to speak to fans about topics of his concern, such as mental health. Lil Peep was candid about struggles with his sexuality, depression, heartbreak, and drug use. Lil Peep came out as bisexual in a Twitter post on August 8, 2017. He took to Twitter to open up about this aspect of his personal life to his fans. Lil Peep simply stated, yes, I'm bisexual. After coming out as bisexual, he would regularly confront homophobes on Twitter. He was also known collabor collaborators with I Love McKinnon, an openly gay recording artist whose music also blurs the line between rap and rock. Lil Peep came out around the time he and actress and singer Bella Thorne began dating in September 2017. Shortly after the release of his debut studio album, the two were spotted kissing. They briefly dated before Thorne became involved with rapper Modson. While on the Come Over When You Are Sober tour, Lil Peep had met and started dating Instagram influencer Arzalia Rodriguez around the time of his death in November. Lil Peep actively talked about his issues with depression, anxiety, and substance abuse, and stated that he had bipolar disorder. Alongside drug, alongside drug use, Lil Peep struggled with suicidal impulses that dated back to his adolescent years. On the track OMFG from his breakthrough mixtape, Hellboy, Lil Peep talked about wanting to kill himself. During an interview, he was asked if he was suicidal. Lil Peep replied, yeah, it is serious. I suffer from depression and some days I wake up and I'm like, fuck, I wish I didn't wake up. That was part of why I moved to California, trying to get away from the place that was doing that to me and the people I was around. He continued, I realized it was just myself. It's a chemical imbalance in my brain. Some days I'll be very down and out, but you won't be able to tell, really, because I don't express that side of myself on social media. That's the side of myself that I express through music. That's my channel for letting all that shit out. He claims the frankness with which he spoke about difficulties in his 
life led to an intense connection with his fans through his music. In an interview with the Times, Lil Peep stated, they tell me that it saved their lives. They say that I stopped them from committing suicide, which is a beautiful thing. It's great for me to hear. It helps. It boosts me because music saved my life as well. Lil Peep was not medicated for depression. While those around him insisted, he did not want to and opted to just smoke marijuana and whatever other drug came his way. In his final interview before his death with Zane Lowe, Peep confessed that his depression was getting worse, saying, Things just get worse. Things already get worse and worse and worse every day. Lil Peep regularly referenced addictions to cocaine, ecstasy, and Xanax in his, in his lyrics and posts on social media where he described himself as a productive junkie and advised his audience to avoid drug use. At the time of his death, Lil Peep was residing in Portobello Road, London, with his friend and close collaborator, Brexy, and Smoke Sack. The move was provoked by Peep's need to escape his circumstances and his then-collective goth boy clique. On November 15, 2017, Lil Peep was found dead on his tour bus when his manager went to check on him in preparation for that night's performance at a Tucson, Arizona venue. Foul play was not suspected, with his death believed to be from an overdose. In a series of Instagram posts in the hours leading up to his death, Lil Peep claimed to have ingested psilocybin, P-S-I-L-O-C-Y-B-I-N. I may be pronouncing that wrong, which are basically mushrooms and cannabis concentrate. In another, he claimed to have consumed six Xanax pills, following a video depicting his attempts to drop in an identified pill into his mouth several times before successfully swallowing one and shaking a full prescription bottle. A subsequent post was captioned, When I die, you'll love me. In the days after his death, a police report revealed that Little Peep had taken a nap around 5.45 p.m. before the concert. His manager checked on him twice and found him sleeping and breathing fine, but was unable to wake him. When the manager checked on Little Peep a third time, he was unresponsive and not breathing. Little Peep's manager performed CPR before medics arrived, though he was pronounced dead at the scene. On December 8th, Pima County's Office of the Medical Examiner certified his cause of death as an accidental overdose from the powerful pain medication fentanyl and the benzo-xanax, a sedative. Toxicology tests were also positive for cannabis, cocaine, and the painkiller tramadol. Urine tests also showed the presence of multiple 
powerful opioids, including hydrocodone, hydromorphone, marketed under the brand name Dilaudid, oxycodone and oxymorphone. There was no alcohol in his system. The rapper's mother, Liza Womack, filed wrongful death charges against Lil Peep's management, FAE, in 2019, accusing them of negligence and other breaches of contract, which the lawsuit alleges contributed to his death in 2017 of an accidental drug overdose. Among the claims in the lawsuit are the FAE was complicit in providing access to illegal drugs and prescription medications, and that the company knowingly allowed drug use to take place during the rapper's tour, despite being aware of his addiction. At one point, the lawsuit charges the FAE encouraged the star to take drugs. In a responding statement, FAE expressed disappointment in the lawsuit. Lil Peep's death from an accidental drug overdose was a terrible tragedy. However, the claim that First Access Entertainment, any of its employees, or Chase Ortega, or anyone else under our auspices, was somehow responsible for, complicit in, or contributed to his death is categorically untrue. In fact, we consistently encouraged Peep to stop abusing drugs and to distance himself from the negative influences of the drug users and enablers with whom he chose to associate. FAE formally filed court documents at the Los Angeles County Superior Court on December 23, 2019 to dispute all claims including claims of negligence, breach of contract, and wrongful death. Stennett told Rolling Stone that she felt very protective of Little Peep from, from day one. In later documents and court filings, the company said that their work with Little Peep was, it was an arm's length business arrangement, something disputed by the rapper's mother. Despite court filings, FAE supported the release of Peep's first posthumous album, Come Over When You Are Sober Part 2, in 2018, which reached number four on the U.S. Billboard 200 chart, a career best for the rapper. At the start of 2020, the company released statements about their belief that they had, that they had no contractual responsibility for Lil Peep's personal life and that a ruling to suggest so would damage management businesses. Imposing a duty on FAE LTD or FAE LLC to prevent Lil Peep's drug use would extend the boundaries of legal obligations far beyond any president and far beyond the contractual obligations and reasonable expectations of parties doing business. After four years in the court system, 
The lawsuit was settled in February 2023 before going to court. Numerous artists in the music industry paid tribute to Lil Peep following his death, including Diplo, Post Malone, Pete Wentz, Marshmello, Mark Ronson, Zane Lowe, Sam Smith, Bella Thorne, Trippy Red, Playboy Cardi, Lil Zan, Lil Pump, and Dua Lipa. Lil Peep was cremated at Huntington Station, New York, on December 2, 2017. Friends, family, and fans paid their respects to Lil Peep at his memorial in Long Beach, New York. A memorial was also held in London on the same day that a large picture of Lil Peep was projected onto the side of the Houses of Parliament in central London. Before dying at the age of 21, Lil Peep came to be an inspiration to outcasts and youth subcultures drawn together by the internet. He earned legions of fans in a short time from both hip-hop and emo subcultures. Although he did not claim so himself, he is widely considered to have made a style of music that has been since regarded as emo rap. He has been credited as the leading figure of the mid to late 2010s emo music scene and is commonly cited as an inspiration for upcoming emo rappers. Thanks for listening to A Hollywood Legend. Please join me next week for Marilyn Monroe, A Life Interrupted. Please like and subscribe.